Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast presented by... Mile High Huddle and 24-7 Sports, and powered, as you know, by Overtime Media. I am your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my co-host and partner in crime. He is your Denver Broncos reporter for 24-7 Sports. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, what a day, my friend, <laughs> to be covering the team called the Denver Broncos. It's it's never really a quiet offseason for Denver. I mean, I've been on the Broncos beat going on four seasons now. I'm on my fifth quarterback. It's just to wake up to that news today, though, I was very much stunned and I was very much taken back. I do not like this move. I'm going to put it out there right now, um, but I am willing to get into it and discuss it and have an open mind. But I do not like this move at all for Denver. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm open to possibilities. I've, you know, as I am want to do, I'm more of a glass half full type of guy. I'm I'm more of the optimist. And uh, I've, I've seen some things that make me take heart that we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show. We have a great guest joining us on this evening's podcast who we're going to introduce and get on the horn here in just a minute. But first things first, you guys, make sure you're following the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. Why do you want to follow the show on Twitter? Well, you want to be in on the Twitter mailbags. Sometimes Zach and I are going to tweet out, hey, what do you guys want us to talk about today? You want to be involved in show planning. You want to be engaged with the show, be on top of what's happening with the Huddle Up podcast in real time. You want to be following the show on Twitter. So right now, the odds tell us you're probably listening to the podcast on your mobile device. So real quick while you're listening, exit out. The pod will keep playing. Open up Twitter. Follow at HuddleUpPod. After you've done that, make sure you've left a creative review and rated the show. Give the show a five-star rating on iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox. Shout out to our YouTube listeners. We love you guys. Anywhere else you're listening to the show, take some time. Very important if you want to help us grow and reach new listeners. Leave a creative review. Rate the show. All right, joining us now on the Overtime Media Hotline is none other than Benjamin Albright. You know him as one of the crucial NFL insiders, especially in the Mile High City. Ben, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Oh, great to be here. What a day in which to uh, spitball and talk about Denver Broncos football. You are obviously an analyst first, Ben. You love football. You're uh, studying film. When I called and, and we called you this evening, obviously you're a passionate fan. As an analyst, though, of football, your job is to cover the game, cover the Broncos, everything that you do. What was your reaction to Flacco to Denver? Well, it's kind of mixed. Uh, it's just something we talked about back in December a little bit, and we talked about um, back in January as well. Uh, we, we, in December, you know, it was something that we thought was paired up with the Broncos' pursuit of John Harbaugh, which is something they were pursuing uh, until he started winning games, and that, that became untenable. Um, 
you know, in January, the rumors resurfaced, uh, you know, a little bit, but we just didn't know if that was due diligence or whatever. And then, you know, obviously this thing heated back up over the last couple of days. And, um, you know, that's interesting. Um, I talked to, I talked to a Broncos coach a couple hours ago and he told me, um, this, he's like, we love case, but you know, the thing about the, the difference between Case Keenum and Joe Flacco, uh, when you boil the numbers down, you know, the efficiency and the average depth of target and all that kind of stuff, it ends up working out about the same. But the difference is, is that Joe Flacco, me, who had a Joe Flacco back there, means you get to, you get to defend every blade of grass. And with Case, you don't have to do that. You know, that's just one of, you know, Case just doesn't have the arm. So, uh, you know, I think that's what it is. I think what the Broncos are doing is they're rolling the dice on somebody with the ability to do more, even if the numbers, um, of what they have done have been roughly similar. And I think that that gives them a component that, you know, that maybe they didn't have. Um, you're going to have to start walking those safeties back out of the box, which frees things up for Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay, who figure to be the focal point, uh, you know, of the offense, or at least where the offense flows through going forward. So, you know, overall mixed emotion. Um, I don't think it takes them out of the running necessarily for a quarterback in the draft either. Uh, the Ravens had Joe Flacco last year and, and it didn't stop them from taking a quarterback back in the first round. I don't know why the Broncos having him would stop them from taking a quarterback in the first round this year. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think it gives them, um, I think it gives them an added dimension and, uh, you know, kind of hoping it works out. Uh, ben, you touched on the point that I wanted to make. I think to a Broncos fan, the more disappointing aspect to this trade is not that Keenum and Flacco pretty much are similar. It's the fact that it might take the Broncos out of a running for a first round quarterback. Is there anything that you've heard from any of your Broncos sources or anyone around the league that would indicate that Elway is still high on Drew Locke or Murray, anyone in this draft, or is he leaning toward the 2020 class? Well, I mean, I can tell you they're high on Drew Locke. Um, high enough to take him, that's that's the question. Mm-hmm. Elway, when he met with Drew Locke down there in Mobile, he told him he was going to be a top 10 draft pick. Um, so, you know, they, they're, they're very high on him. Um, the question now becomes, now that you've got this situation, uh, you, let's say you get to 10 and Drew Locke lands there in your lap, uh, but you're also looking to Greedy Williams and DeAndre Baker. You know, you realize that you got a, a dearth of corners on this roster. Uh, you desperately need to improve that position. It's probably the weakest position on your, um, you know, on your roster right now. Uh, then what do you do? Um, so, you know, I, I think that if the situation still presents itself, uh, depending on who's available, the Broncos will make the move. Uh, you know, if, if he's there and, and other options that they feel are great aren't, then they'll make that move. Um, I, I don't think it's about rolling quarterback into the future or, or any of that. That kind of stuff. I think it's about finding, you know, finding a competitive, building a competitive roster, and quit playing whack-a-mole and, and musical chairs with different things year to year. Right. How much do you think Vic Fangio was involved in this decision? Because obviously they had ties together for the one year that uh, Fangio was in Baltimore coaching linebackers, so they have experience together. It's kind of perceived from the outside looking in, Ben, from fans and and some of the other talking heads who I don't really think know what they're talking about, that Fangio is just kind of along for the ride on this decision. What do you know about his involvement in the in the decision to bring Joe Flacco to Denver? Well, I think he's involved. Um you know, I, I think that he defers on matters of personnel, but he's got his own inputs. Um, he's certainly the reason the coaching staff shook out the way it did in the end, uh, and they're and not you know, some of the other directions that it could have been because, um, you know, that was his stamp of approval on it. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think that, you know, Nick is not out there saying, um, 
I want this guy. I think Vic's saying, here's what we need. Um, here's what Rick, Rick needs. Um, here's, you know, here's what I need, those kinds of things. Let's, let's make that happen. And, um, you know, I think that's the direction they're, they're kind of looking at a collaborative process more than just, uh, uh, John dictates to Vic or Vic dictates to John or any of that kind of stuff. And the Broncos did check in on Nick Foles, correct? Yeah, but I, that wasn't a serious inquiry. Um, that, that report, I, I saw that. Um, that was not what happened. The Broncos called the Eagles to get the price tag, and that was literally it. Um, wow. They were really never seriously involved in the Nick Foles thing at all. Um, that was never going to be a thing. Uh, the only way Nick Foles was ever coming to Denver uh, was if Bill Musgrave was still here. Um, and that was, you know, that was a while back. So that, that, that ship has obviously sailed. <laughs> As somebody, Ben, who's an expert on football, from an X's and O's perspective, talk to us about and help our listeners understand the fit in terms of, you know, everyone knows Gary Kubiak was there in 2014 and really helped Flacco to produce his best statistical season as a pro is, you know, arguably a Pro Bowl caliber season, even though he's never been voted to the Pro Bowl. But as it relates to what the Broncos are planning on doing schematically under Rich Scangarello, how does Joe Flacco fit in or do you think that's a good fit? Well, I think it is. Uh, Scangarello basically runs, you know, something something similar to the Kyle Shanahan offense. It's it's his own run boot action. Uh, the difference is how it's dressed up. You know, the old Shanahan Kubiak uh, methodology of using you know two tight ends uh, and and you know and two receivers or uh, a tight end, a fullback, and a receiver and, and two receivers uh, versus you know Scangarello's, which is is going to be three wide receivers, a tight end, and, and a single back. Um, so you know it, it, the way it's dressed up is a little bit different. Um, but but in the end, it's it's pretty much the same you know the same philosophy. And so you need a quarterback who can line up under center. Uh, you need you know and and his feet can move and he doesn't have to be mobile in the sense that he's going to pick up yardage with his feet, but just needs to be able to make those long strides to be able to boot out in, you know the pocket uh, and read down the field and be able to get the ball down the field. You have to be able to threaten all three levels of the field with your arm, or the offense simply isn't going to be successful. Uh, now, Ben Case Keenum, obviously he's not part of the Broncos' future plans obviously he's not the starter anymore obviously he'll probably be released not traded you mentioned Arizona on Twitter because of his ties to Cliff Kingsbury what other teams have you heard could be a suitor for uh, Case Keenum uh, potentially the Giants, potentially the Browns. Um, you know, everybody's kind of looking at him as a, a spot start um, backup type. You know, somebody who could be a four-year backup for him that has spot start ability in the in the uh, event of an injury. I think Arizona is going to be the team, and I think they're going to trade him. I, I don't think they're going to cut him. I think they're going to get to trade him. Um, I think they're going to work something out where you know they kind of pay another team to take him in a sense, where you see you know the Broncos getting a seventh rounder but giving up Case in a sixth um, for another team to quote unquote take the contract right. that provides them an additional seven million in cap relief and then you turn around and you know if you're the acquiring team let's assume arizona what you do is you extend the case on a four-year deal double his guaranteed money but lower his cap number year to year uh, and that way you've got a backup who's roughly eight million per year um you know that, that, that's settled and you know everybody kind of wins interesting see i was just the way his contract is is structured and the amount of money that you know, partnering team would be on the hook for. To me, it just seemed like it was an untenable situation. But if you're hearing that there's some real possibilities there, that's good news for Broncos fans right now. We're excited to hear that. 
Yeah, you get Case to agree to an extension. It would be like a you know a trade and sign. Um, basically, although Case would be owed eighteen million this year, he wouldn't really be owed that if you do the extension. Um, and right now it's seven million in guaranteed money. That's three million in signing bonus and four million in roster bonus. Uh, what you would do is you would offer Case a four by a four year deal with you know thirty two million dollars give or take. So that's that's eight million per year. Um, and then what you do is you double up the guaranteed money. So currently he's owed seven million in guaranteed money, right? So you offer him a four year thirty two million dollar. 15 million guaranteed deal uh, to be the backup. So now you've doubled his money that he's going to be seeing. He's got stability over the next four years, and it lowers his year to year number uh, off that 18 million. You know. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And you're plugged into the the Broncos locker room. You know, many of those guys, the players especially personally, what has been the locker room perception or what do you expect to be the locker room perception of the Flacco move? Well, they're intrigued by the fact, especially the receivers, intrigued by the fact that he can push the ball down the field. Um, you know, now the receivers know that they, you know, they've got opportunities to get more yardage. Um, you know, overall, the guys like the case. They like him as a person. Um, it's just, you know, it, it, everybody knows he's limited. Um, everybody knows what he is. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a situation or a scenario where everybody's, you know, they feel bad for case in a sense, but they're intrigued by the, you know, the opportunity to be a little more vertical and maybe dynamic. Um, you know, with Flacco. Emmanuel Sanders called it a big move by Elway, so you know he's happy about that. <laughs> well, Emmanuel may not be here to enjoy it, so right. that's it's you know he's saying the right things, but he may not be uh, he may not be here to enjoy it when all said and done. Um, you know, obviously he's not the future in Denver. Um, if he you know if he is going to be here, it's only going to be another season. Um, you know, the future is is Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton, and then somebody they draft who's probably going to be a burner uh, to be a vertical threat, but. Um, you know, because you you've got red zone threats with Patrick and 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 Sutton, but Sutton's not really a vertical guy. Uh, and then Hamilton, you know, he eats up the soft spot in the zone over the middle of the field. But you really need a burner with some speed to stretch the field. Uh, and I I suspect that's that's something we're really going to look heavily at in this draft. You floated the possibility when you appeared on the Building the Broncos podcast last week of the Broncos perhaps finding a trade partner for Emmanuel Sanders in the form of the Niners if. They have come up short in the Antonio Brown sweepstakes. Have you heard anything further on that front? I would suggest that, that is a very likely scenario if they come up short there. Um, 
So obviously there's, you know, there's a lot to play out there still, um, you know, and, and, and figuring out how that situation is going to shake out. Uh, they are going to be players for Brown, um, but, you know, in the end, um, if that doesn't work, uh, that Shanahan is very enamored with, with Emmanuel Sanders, uh, and I think that'd be a good fit for placing Pierre Garçon over there. So we'll see how it shakes out. It's, it's a realistic scenario. Um, right now, let's call it possible and not uh, not necessarily probable at this yeah. point, but let's call it very, very possible. Ben, on a scale of 1 to 10, the Broncos' interest in Antonio Brown. Uh, I mean, interested in his talent, a 10. Interested in his personality and his contract, a 4. That's that's the thing. Yeah, I I don't think, here's the thing. If you bring Antonio in, that means that you're not, that's the last year free agent stuff. That's that's the last you're doing there. You're not really making any other moves um, because you're just not going to have the money. So the question really becomes to Broncos fans is, would you rather see the Broncos add Adrian Amos at strong safety and C.J. Mosley at inside line? Backer and then maybe pick up a center as well to replace Paradis, or would you rather see Antonio Brown and none of those? Mm-hmm. Do you think you know the perception that's also coming off of this move is that here goes Elway again? We knew he might this year with having the cap room coming off three consecutive seasons of missing the playoffs, back-to-back losing seasons, that he might swing for the fences in 2019, kind of like he did from a free agent perspective, shaking things up in 2014. The first move now, the first domino, so to speak, has fallen in the form of Joe Flacco. Do you think that move, Ben, signifies, or maybe I should put it this way, does it change Denver's free agent priorities, and could it be a harbinger of, of even splashier things to come? Well, I, I think, you know, I think it is. Like I said, I think there's two names that they're really going to be heavily pursuing now, uh, and that's Adrian Amos, um, you know, the strong safety from uh, from Chicago. He's going to want about $8 million a year uh, on a four-year deal. Um, and then C.J. Mosley. That's, you know, you, in order to run Vic Fangio's defense, you got to have athletic inside linebackers, and that's something the Broncos don't have. Uh, Brandon Marshall's going to be gone. Todd Davis is a downhill-only guy, uh, and Josie Jewell's a run-funnel guy. Um, so, you know, you, you need guys that can go side to side and away from the ball, and those guys just can't do that. So you're going to have to find, uh, whether free agency or the draft, uh, guys that can do that, that fit in that Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan role. And so I think CJ is going to be a, a high priority if they get a chance to do that. Um, there's a kid they looked at heavily in, in Mobile named Jermaine Pratt, uh, the inside linebacker at NC State. I could make a heck of a pair. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that's that's kind of the priority. I think free agency, really, they, they want to plug those two holes. Um, you know, the corner market is really thin. Uh, if Bryce Callahan comes out, you've already got Chris Harris in that role. Ronald Darby's not worth the money it's going to cost. So, um, you know, I think that it, it's going to be tough. I think you look at the draft for a corner. Hmm. Do you have in this particular draft class one or two more, and then we'll cut you loose? Benjamin Albright joining us today on the show. Do you have a favorite quarterback, or who's your number one quarterback in this 2019 class? Which, actually, let me make this a two part question. This is being lauded or panned, I should say, is probably a better word, as a lackluster class at quarterback compared to, you know, to 2018 especially. Do you agree with that uh, perception? And then who do you think is the best quarterback in this class? Well, I think it is a down year for quarterbacks. Uh, last year was a generational class, uh, so that's going to be, you know, it's going to be a little sad trying to compare those two because it'd be like comparing the, the class after uh, – um, 
uh, Roethlisberger and, and Rivers and Manning, you know. <laughs> so it's it's one of those things where, uh, you know, there, there's some talent here. I think there's, you know, three guys I think could be starters in this league. Um, you know, Dwayne Haskins, I think, is probably the you know, best or at least most ready quarterback in this class. Um, you know, Drew Locke, I think he has more upside than Haskins. He's more athletic. He's got a bigger arm. But, um, you know, how w- will he reach that? You know, Paxton Lynch had a, had a, had a bigger arm and more athleticism than, than Jared Goff. And, you know, we see how that worked. Um, and, and then, you know, Daniel Jones, he's a long way from a finished product, but he's got the right mind and mindset. Um, you know, it's just a question of whether or not those two guys reach their potential. I, I'm not a Kyler Murray guy. Um, there's, there's a myriad of things I think are wrong there. I think fans are, are kind of getting suckered a little bit by the, uh, the, the flashy plays, but, um, you know, if uh, I don't want to go off on a rant there, but I think yeah. I don't think he's going to be around the NFL long. <laughs> ben, what's one non-quarterback the Broncos target at number ten? Oh man, uh, I think that comes down to greedy or DeAndre Baker. Uh, I think it's corner. I, I really think that that's that's what you have to do. Uh, I think the the three most valuable positions on the field uh, in the NFL are quarterback. Um, Pass rusher, uh, and then pass defender, and then pass protector. Um, so you know if you if you have uh, they've got pass rusher covered, Monich up. Um, you know they've got quarterback now a Flacco that they need to get a guy for the future. But uh, they're thin at corner, and that's going to be a real thing. So I, I think Greedy Williams and, and DeAndre Baker, and you know they'll get a really really solid scouting report on DeAndre Baker from Mel Tucker, who's you know just up the road at CU now. Well, you heard it, ladies and gentlemen, Benjamin Albright joins the show. Find him on Twitter at AlbrightNFL. Ben, thanks for joining us, man. We'll hopefully look forward to getting you on again here soon before the draft sometime. Absolutely, guys. Thanks, Ben. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Great, great insight there. Oh, yeah. Benjamin Albright, phenomenal uh, reporter, phenomenal insider. And you know what's great about Benjamin Albright, one thing I really respect about him is the fact that, you know, let's just compare him to other guys who you know, or want or known to break some news and not just in the Denver market, but, you know, we can compare him to guys like Mike Kliss. We can compare Benjamin Albright even to the national guys like uh, Schefter and Rappaport and the like. Well, one thing that really separates Albright from all those guys is he's not just a media guy. He's not just a reporter. He's not just a storyline guy. This is a guy who is a hardcore football analyst. I mean, he's studying Montana State football tape you know, leading up to this conversation with us, whatever team it was. I think that's what he said when I got him on the horn. And so this is a guy that is not only plugged in with players, scouts, front office guys, GMs, uh, former players and the like around the league, other media people, but this is a guy that knows football front to back. So the reason I bring this up in, in talking about my respect for him as an analyst is when he tells us something, especially when a, his opinion on, on an X's and O's or a, you know, personnel evaluation, or was this a good move? It tends to carry more water, Zach, in my eyes than if even if we had like Adam Schefter on the show. Right, I appreciated Ben's insight for sure, and it kind of you know he made some salient points that didn't really convince me that Flacco is the answer for Denver, but it definitely made me think that um, it can be an upgrade over Case Keenum, which isn't saying much, um, right. but you know he brought things to the table that I hadn't considered uh, before we started talking. So I do appreciate that. Yeah, the one point he brought up, and he had tweeted this on Twitter before our conversation. But after he had talked to that Broncos coach and, you know, that coach allowed, he said, look, I'll qualify it. I'll give you the caveat that on the surface, Flacco, 
Keenum, they appear to be statistically very similar players. But the biggest difference, and this is obviously something that was crucial and important to John Elway, is that because of Flacco's arm strength and arm talent, which, you know, you can compare stats, but he is by far a stronger arm and has more arm talent than Case Keenum. But because of that, that talent, it forces opposing defenses to defend and cover, as Albright said, every blade of grass on the field, which does change how opposing teams can line up and, and play the Denver Broncos. So it will alleviate some pressure. I mean, we're not talking about neither one of us are going to stand here and tell any of our listeners that, this, that Joe Flacco is going to be the second coming of Peyton Manning. Okay, But this does ostensibly take pressure off the running game. So it's going to take, you know, not necessarily snap in, snap out, but situationally, if you can get one less guy out of that box, and what was Philip Lindsay complaining about down the stretch, Zach? The fact that he was going against eight-man boxes consistently right. because no one feared Case Keenum. No one, and it wasn't just because he wasn't willing to push the ball. It was, I mean, because that's the type of offense that Bill Musgrave calls. He calls the vertical passing game. So the plays were there, and, and he took his shots, but no one – feared that arm, Zach. And with Flacco, that's probably the number one thing you have to consider as a defense going in from a schematic, you know, game planning uh, perspective is we got to defend against the deep ball. So all of a sudden, more often than not, you've got two deep safeties patrolling the back, which takes pressure out of the box. Yeah, on the surface, they'll obviously respect his big arm because that's what he's known for. But this is where I start to deviate from the 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 logic that the Broncos made a good move. This is means nothing against Ben. This is just you know what I think of the move. You know, Jamarcus Russell had a strong arm. Paxton Lynch had a strong arm. That doesn't always correlate to a good quarterback. I know Flacco's accomplished. I know Flacco's proven, but he's done nothing lately that makes me think he's any much better than Case Keenum. He's just as expensive. Um, he's just as you know, he has just as high of a ceiling, high of a floor. It's it's a lateral move to me so yeah defensive will respect his arm but then they're going to start realizing that he can't move around he's a statue um he's a limited passer in terms of what he can do um between the hashes so they're going to blitz the broncos line they're going to send some pressure and they're going to get to him and then what a strong arm doesn't overcompensate for that so this is where i start to deviate that all you can really lean on is the fact that he's an upgrade over case keenum which is not saying much right because statistically trevor simeon was too last year if you compare the stats and then he has a strong arm if that's the only thing he's bringing to the table, and that's the reason the Broncos are going to pass on a quarterback for another season with another top 10 pick, I can't get on board with that. There's the rub to me. When fans ask me what my opinion is on this move, for me, it really boils down to whether or not the Denver Broncos still utilize this opportunity of being in the top 10 to take a quarterback. Because right. honestly, here's the truth, man. If John Elway, who just executed a trade for Joe Flacco and granted he's only given up a fourth round pick so it's not like he's selling the farm to get Joe Flacco let's let's be honest but if he goes out trades for Joe Flacco and in consecutive years of picking in the top 10 chooses not to draft a quarterback to give this team a bona fide franchise quarterback of the future and things mm-hmm. go badly for the Broncos in 2019 he might not survive to 2020 that's the truth i mean that's this is a splash move and splash moves do have consequences both positive and negative and so that's what really what it boils down for me zach is i'm i'm really hoping for the sake of the team not just in 2019 but you know you hear elway talk about winning from now and now on and etc we want to win now and from now on it's whatever well okay so flacco ostensibly gives you an upgrade betters your odds of winning now that's good and that's important Okay, and I will say that I do think even though they're kind of on the same tier, 
he is an upgrade over Keenum. That's something Zach and I talked about on this podcast many times when Flacco originally got floated as a possible target of the Broncos is similar with Foles as well. It's like, look, we understand the draw. They're both Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. But really in terms of caliber and the type, the tier of quarterback they are, Joe Flacco, Case Keenum, they're about even Stevens, right? And mm-hmm. that's okay. I can live with uh, it, even if it was sixes, even if you're saying this is this guy's coming in and he's about the same as Case Keenum, he does have a more proven record. But I need the Denver Broncos to get a bona fide quarterback of the future in this draft. And I understand, like Albright talked about, you know, the, that tenth overall pick might be utilized on a corner, might be an off-ball linebacker. If you got Devin White sitting there at pick ten, who I've heard lately was probably not going to make it out of the top five, which would surprise me, but I've heard that as buzz. But Zach, if they come out of this with Joe Flacco under contract for three years, and it's a relatively team-friendly in terms of being able to get out of it without negative consequences, if they come out of this with Joe Flacco and a quarterback in the top ten. I'll probably feel a lot more confident in terms of the direction the team is heading. I mean, I would too, but then they could have just kept Keenum and kept the draft pick and still had a young quarterback on the roster. I just don't understand making a lateral move. And I hate to break it to Elway, but you can't win now and win from now on. To win from now on, to win long term, you have to build the team the right way. That starts with having a young franchise quarterback you can build the team around. Not putting bandage over bullet holes, to use your expression, Chad. Mm-hmm. I mean, no more of these quick fixes. I don't understand with these one-year rentals that Elway is so fixated on. If he still wants to draft Drew Locke at number 10, just keep Case Keenum. He's already on the roster. He already knows his teammates, the concepts. I mean, I just – even Scangarello just a few weeks ago said he could be a franchise quarterback, Case Keenum. And obviously, you know, he was lying through his teeth. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's 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 – on paper, it's an upgrade. But what does it do for the long-term future? I mean, it, just to me – you're going to have Drew Locke on the board. You want a mentor for him. Yeah, Flacco could be that mentor, but Keenum could be also. Scangarello is going to say that, of course, at that point in time. He's going, to, he's going to speak positively and complimentary of the quarterback, the starting quarterback that's currently on, his, on a team he just signed to be an OC. For, so for that, I read kind of – I take that with a grain of salt. But your, your point is not lost on me, that it feels like a lateral move, okay, from the outside looking in. But – let me throw a few numbers at you, Zach, and, and te- let's see if by the end of our conversation, by, by the end of today's episode, either one of us feel a little bit better about this move. And this was uh, here's some here's some information. I published an article uh, late Wednesday called 10 Things Every Broncos Fan Should Know About Joe Flacco. So go check it out if you want some more info on this. But here's a couple things I want to throw out to you. Some interesting, let's just say some interesting uh, facts and statistics behind Mr. Joe Flacco. First and foremost, this was interesting. He's the first former Super Bowl MVP to be traded since Santonio Holmes in 2010. Interesting. Joe Flacco, in 11 seasons in the NFL, has never made the Pro Bowl. Here's a list of a few names who have made the Pro Bowl since Flacco entered the league. The likes of David Garrard, Tyrod Taylor, Matt Castle, Matt Shaw, Vince Young, and Andy Dalton, but not Joe Flacco. Since 2008, Zach, Joe Flacco is ranked fourth in passing touchdowns in the playoffs. He has 25 of them, and that's through 15 games. Brady, Rodgers, Breeze are the only three ahead of him. He has never thrown, Joe Flacco, 30 touchdowns or more in a season. His career high is 27 from 2014 under Gary Kubiak. A couple more here. He is, this is good news to me, 9-4 and four as a starter all-time versus the other three teams of the AFC West, the Chiefs, Chargers, 
and Raiders, nine and four as a starter against Denver's three biggest, divi- you know, three divisional foes. Here's a couple more. Flacco, of course, this is no big shocker, but he leaves the Ravens as their franchise record holder in every notable passing category. Let's face it, Baltimore's never been known as the uh, quarterback mecca of the NFL. And then two more. Since winning the Super Bowl, Joe Flacco is tied with Eli Manning for the most games with multiple interceptions at 24 games, having thrown two or more picks in a single game, 24 times. And then last one. After making the playoffs in each of his first five seasons in the NFL, Flacco led the Ravens to the postseason just once since winning the Super Bowl, not counting 2018 because, let's face it, Lamar Jackson was the more pivotal role and should be more fairly attributed their playoff berth uh, down the stretch. So some interesting information there about Joe Flacco. He's also 96 and 67 as a starter, which is a winning percentage, Zach, just under 70%. So if he were a head coach looking for a job, a winning percentage of 70%, fans would be all over that. But what does that mean to you as a veteran quarterback? To me, it doesn't mean much. It's what have you done for me lately? The only fact that you mentioned that's comforting to me is his familiarity with the Shanahan and Kubiak system, which the Broncos will run. Other than that, though, I don't really care what he's done in the past. His record, I wanted to see what he's going to do in a Broncos uniform at age 34, coming off a season in which he was replaced by a raw passing rookie in Lamar Jackson with a whole new uh, Broncos coaching staff, a whole new system. So I want to see what he does this year, and I want to see Elway made the right move instead of foregoing another blue-chip prospect for the second year in a row, and now he's putting all his chips in Joe Flacco's basket. I mean, you talk about statistical seasons. Case Keenum came off a career year with the Vikings. That was only one year ago, and you saw what happened with the Broncos. So I don't put much stock in his numbers in the past. I want to see what he can do in 2019. That's what matters to me. And until he proves me wrong, I'm still going to think the Broncos made a major, major mistake. See, I'm not quite ready to say it was a mistake because of what they gave up. I mean, they're getting rid of Case Keenum. They gave up a fourth-round pick. They still have a fourth-round pick for uh, what they gave up to – or not, excuse me, what they got for Demarius Thomas. So they still have a fourth-rounder. If they would have given up like a first- or second-round pick or something like that to get Flacco, I'd be right there with you right now, having not marinated on it for even 24 hours yet, completely panning the pick. But there's some things about Fla- or the, the trade. There's a few things about Flacco, though, that do encourage me in terms of his winning percentage. Now, I agree with you. You know, it's a double-edged sword because his consistency and the amount of times he's been in the playoffs. I mean, let's face it. Case Keenum got paid $25 million guaranteed for appearing in and winning one playoff game, right? Made it to the, play- uh, the a- NFC Championship game, lost got a $25 million uh, contract guaranteed by the Denver Broncos, $36 million total in value, 25 guaranteed, wrote himself a book, became the guy, and he appeared in two playoff games. Joe Flacco has been in 15. And not only that, there is only one other quarterback, Zach, in the NFL since 2008, the year Joe Flacco entered the NFL, who has more playoff wins, and that's Tom Brady. Not Peyton Manning, not Drew Brees, not Aaron Rodgers. So... I weigh some of the one of the, the things the Broncos have lacked, consistency, leadership, proven talent at the quarterback position. And, you know, let's face it, we know Joe Flacco's not going to be putting up Star Wars numbers. That's not what this is. But if you're looking for a steadying force, maybe a slight upgrade, a guy who can step into the locker room and literally have bona fides. This isn't a guy, you know, he's, he's a guy, for example, when Derek Wolf pipes up or something. 
says, oh, what do you know? I've got a ring you don't. Well, I do have a ring. And by the way, I was the Super Bowl MVP, and I beat y'all in y'all's house, <laughs> you know, to get this bad boy. So there's some things there about Flacco I like. Listen, I'm not trying to sell something to you that I don't believe in or try and make anyone listening to the show right now believe something to be that, that isn't. I'm not trying to force, you know, a false narrative on you. But <clears throat> I'm just saying I think the knee-jerk reaction to Flacco – is a little bit overblown because you got to look at the value in terms of what they're giving up. They're on the hook to pay Keenum, like you said. Why get rid of Keenum? If you're going to draft a quarterback pick 10, you could have rolled with Keenum this year instead of trading a fourth-round pick to get Flacco because it's about sixes in terms of you got a guy to stop gap, you got a guy to groom a young uh, rookie, et cetera, et cetera. But, again, it was a fourth-round pick, Zach. If it was a first-round pick, I'd be tripping a little bit more. And then that contract, it's not – completely untenable. For example, let me let me find this thing here. Uh, dang, oh, here we go. Joe Flacco's current contract, okay, he's got three years left in, on his deal. And his deal, uh, initially it was reported, Zach, that it would be reworked, and then you had a piece that said it's not. The Broncos are right. going to keep it as is. 2019, uh, he's got an $18.25 million base salary and cap hit. 2020, it bumps up to $20.25 million in base salary and cap hit. 2021, $24.25. 25 million base salary and cap hit but none of it and here's the key none of it is guaranteed so the broncos are going to get rid of keenum if we're if what albright said is is correct and they are able to trade him that's good news you lose that but even if they're not able to the biggest thing that you lose out on here in terms of going laterally to flacco is that seven million that you still have to pay keenum no matter what and the fourth round pick I, I guess it's a fair point you bring up. It, from a, a money standpoint and from a capital standpoint, the Broncos did make a good trade to get a starting quarterback. Um, I, I will amend myself to say this. If the Broncos emerge from April with Flacco and Drew Locke, let's say, I will be okay with the move. Yeah. But if they come away April with Flacco and uh, Will Greer, I'm going to hate it. So as of right now, as of February 13th, I'm keeping an open mind to what they do in the draft. But they have to get a young blue chip quarterback on the roster. It doesn't change that with Flacco, just like it didn't change before with Case Keenum. So if I were the Broncos, I would still think long and hard about taking Drew Locke because Flacco is not the long-term answer, and they have to have that guy on the roster. They cannot afford to wait another year and bank all their hopes on a quarterback class that things can happen, things can change. You never know. So that's just my opinion on it. We share a brain on that. This is something that you could John Elway could get my stamp of approval on. Like he really gives a flying you-know-what. But <laughs> I could get behind this, okay, 100%. If the Broncos get that quarterback at pick 10, they can't let this dissuade them from doing what is in the best interest of this team long-term because Flacco is 34, and he's not going to be the game-changer that Peyton Manning was. We all know that. You know, the Broncos might become more competitive. He might put him more in the conversation to compete in the AFC West in the short term. But long term, if you want to be able to throw down blow for blow with the likes of Patrick Mahomes, Flacco ain't it. So we share a brain on that. And tomorrow's episode is going to be phenomenal. We're going to get to your VIP questions as a VIP mailbag Friday. But here's a little sample of what Broncos country is feeling. We put out a Twitter poll. Zach, I want to get your reaction to this, then we'll get out of here. We put a, a, a reaction poll out on the Huddle Up Podcast Twitter where it says, listen, tell us how you're feeling, Broncos country. Did the Broncos upgrade the quarterback position today even a little? And there's three options to choose from in the poll. One is yes, Flacco's more proven. Two is no, it's another Band-Aid. And three is it's a good move only 
if the Broncos still pick a quarterback at pick 10. As it stands right now, 29% of Broncos country says that this was indeed, yes, a good move. Flacco is more proven. 39% say no. This is another Band-Aid over a bullet hole. And 32% say it's a good move, but it comes with the caveat, only if the Broncos get a quarterback at 10. It's exactly, that's where I am right now. I'm between bad and I'm between contingent on getting a quarterback. They just cannot come away with this offseason with just Joe Flacco. I mean, in my wildest dreams, I never thought that would be possible. And they did it last year with Case Keenum. They didn't draft a quarterback. I mean, they had Chad Kelly on the roster, but um, they just went it all in on a veteran. I didn't think they'd do it again, but now that uh, Flacco's on the roster, they have to still get that young guy. It's just imperative to me. Well, we look forward to answering your questions, getting more of your reaction, more of your comments. Your football priests are here for you guys, and we're going to step up to the plate tomorrow and hit your questions out of the park. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, you guys, make sure you are reading each and every article we're publishing on the website go to milehighhuddle.com you can read all the content all the information that we are bringing to you and analysis on the joe flacco trade and what lies ahead and if you haven't taken time you got to pull the trigger on becoming a mile high huddle vip tomorrow's the, the vip mailbag the way you can get in on that mailbag the way you can get access to mhh insiders our vip members only forum which includes zach myself nick kendall carl dumbler eric trickle all the mile high, mile high huddle staff if you want to get access to that VIP forum, members only, you got to pull the trigger. So you go to the website, you f- click on the green banner, you choose a monthly or an annual option, whatever works best for you, and then you are locked in. And you can be along for the ride with us here. And even if it's only through till draft season uh, is over, I'm telling you right now, if you want to get the most out of being a Broncos fan and get the most up-to-date, accurate information on buzz that's happening behind the scenes with free agency, with the draft, you got to be a milehighhuddle.com 24-7 sports VIP subscriber. So take care of that. But in the meantime, follow the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. You can find Zach on Twitter at Kelberman 24-7. Myself at Chad and Jansen. Stan Pat, you guys, we'll be back with you tomorrow to go through the VIP mailbag. For Zach, I'm Chad. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.